Hello and welcome to Research Roundup brought to you by the Primary Care Collaborative Cancer Clinical Trials Group, PC4. I'm Christy Milley and each month we'll be looking at what's new in cancer in primary care research and I'll be talking to authors of recent publications and presentations. Today our guest is Dr Sam Merriel, a GP with research interests in cancer prevention, early diagnosis and preventive medicine in primary care. Sam recently co-authored a systematic review titled Comparison of Multiparametric Magnetic Resonance Imaging, that's a mouthful, and Targeted Biopsy with a Systematic Biopsy Alone for the Diagnosis of Prostate Cancer. And this systematic review also included a meta-analysis. So to start off with, Sam, you're an academic GP and you're based in the UK. So can you give me a little bit of background of how you made that transition from GP into research? Yeah, and thanks for having me on, Christian. I guess my journey to becoming an academic GP actually started here in Melbourne. So I'm originally from Melbourne, did medical school here, worked as a junior doctor here, and then looked to sort of start to get involved in research because I recognised the importance of your research in improving clinical care. And I was giving it a bit of a go as a junior doctor in a hospital, and I quickly realised I didn't know what I was doing, <laughs> and, and neither did the people that were supervising me, to be honest. So... I realized I needed to get some more skills, so I looked around for a master's in public health with some research skills focus, and I actually decided to do that in the UK. So I did that at the London School of Hygiene and and Tropical Medicine. When I was over in the UK, I realized that for doctors who wanted to get involved in research and academia, the opportunities at every level of medical training were so much more diverse and well-supported and structured than we have available currently in Australia. So I decided to stay in the UK and I did what was called an academic clinical fellowship in general practice. So I did my general practice training. It was the three year standard training like it is in Australia, but I had 12 months dedicated research time funded as well as part of my training program. And that is intended for GP trainees in the UK to get some research experience. And for a lot of GPs, it's kind of setting yourself up to get a PhD fellowship and go on because that's an important part of your clinical training. And that's what I'm doing now. So I was really lucky when I was coming to the end of my GPACF that the CanTest program in funded by Cancer Research UK started and they were looking for GPs who wanted to do their PhD in primary care cancer research. And here I am. <laughs> so maybe then before we move on to the article, could you give us a little bit more background about CanTest? Because that's a really amazing initiative in the UK. Absolutely. I think you've interviewed one of my colleagues, Garth Winston from yeah, Cambridge. Yeah, I did. That's before. right. Yes. So yeah, so CanTest is a Cancer Research UK research program that is all about cancer testing and primary care. So we are looking at tests that are currently available for GPs and are we using them as best we can? So Garth's looking at CA125 and ovarian cancer. We've got Stephen Bradley in the University of Leeds looking at chest x-rays for lung cancer. And the other part of CanTest is looking at tests that aren't currently available in primary care and whether we could use them as GPs. And that's kind of where my focus is. So I'm looking at the role of multiparametric MRI in prostate cancer diagnosis and whether we could use that in general practice to try and improve the diagnosis of prostate cancer. Since you've just mentioned multiparametric MRI, maybe give us just a little bit of background about that test, but also about that current paradigm we have about diagnosing clinically relevant prostate cancer versus overdiagnosis. First of all, multiparametric MRI is a specific type of MRI scan. So they take three different views of the prostate two of them using different variations of scans they can do with an MRI machine, 
And the third image is using contrast. So the patient needs to have an intravenous injection of contrast to have a full multi-parametric MRI scan. And the reason they take those different views is because one view can often show a prostate cancer, but the other views add a bit of value to that process. But the scan usually takes about 20 to 30 minutes on average. And the interest in multi-parametric MRI for prostate cancer mm. is because it's helping us capture those clinically significant prostate cancers. So as you say, there's this big challenge at the moment. We're diagnosing lots more men with prostate cancer in recent decades, and that's been driven by a few factors. But a lot of these men have prostate cancers that are indolent or benign or slow growing. So it takes years for them to grow. It takes years for them to cause any significant symptoms. And the risk of death from prostate cancer is relatively low because a lot of these men have this slow growing disease. So the trick is how do we find those men with the more aggressive tumours that warrant treatment? And the studies of MRI so far have shown that the tumours that show up on the MRI scan are far more likely to be the clinically significant ones and often the non-significant ones that maybe we don't need to diagnose or aren't going to have a significant impact on a man in their life depending on how old they are and what other health issues they have are often not seen on MRI. So it's more sensitive tests for the cancers we want to capture whilst not contributing to this overdiagnosis problem of non-significant prostate cancers. And can we use this type of MRI in Australia? It has been available in Australia for the last few years. In July 2018, it was added as an MBS item. So specialists such as urologists or oncologists can order a multi-parametric MRI scan, it's rebatable on Medicare, and there are certain indications they can use that when they're trying to diagnose prostate cancer. Yeah, speaking to some urologists and radiologists here, I've found out GPs used to be able to order it privately, so a patient would be out of pocket for it. It can still be done, but it's not very common for GPs to use it yet. And there's a lot of work going on, including my own PhD, about could GPs use it and, and in what situations could we use it safely because not only can MRI help us diagnose the clinically significant prostate cancers better, when you have a negative MRI, the chances of having one of these significant tumours is, is low. It's not zero, but it's low. So there's been a suggestion you could use multi-parametric MRI as a rule-out test, which seems like something that GPs could potentially do one day. And then looking at the paper itself that you and your co-authors have reviewed, you had seven RCTs and you were looking at detection rate, number of biopsies, and the complications between the two methods you're looking at for the MRI and standard care. So what was the quality of the trials that you were able to find, and are there any significant limitations in interpreting the data that you found? Because we limited this systematic review to randomised controlled trials only, we used the Cochrane Risk of Bias tool. Five out of the seven trials that were included were assessed as having a low risk of bias, and the other two only had some concerns. So the overall quality of the evidence was quite good. The outcomes we chose, some of them we could get some quite good data on. How many tumours could we pick up and how many sort of number of biopsies were needed for these men using the information that we had from the MRI scans. The challenge was there was also a, quite a significant amount of heterogeneity between the studies. So their definition of a clinically significant prostate cancer was different. Okay. across the studies, yeah. which is challenging. And the various pathways that they 
used to diagnose prostate cancer and where MRI was incorporated in varied. With the MRI scans, obviously the newer, better scans give us better quality images, which make us more confident about our reporting. So there was a range of sort of the strength of the MRI machines and the experience of the radiologists reporting the scans also plays into how accurate MRI is for prostate cancer. Overall, what were the benefits that you found when using a pre-biopsy MP MRI? Uh, I guess one of the big questions, you know, about this sort of potential role of MRI as a rule-out test, we found if you pulled all this data, about a third of men who had an MRI scan before they went for biopsy could actually avoid a biopsy relatively safely. That's a significant amount. So, yeah, so the, I mean, in these trials, a lot of the men had the MRI scan and then they had an MRI-guided biopsy and they also had the traditional biopsy where they take samples from all parts of the prostate just to make sure we're not missing anything. <laughs> and actually, when they looked at, did that extra set of biopsies taking samples from the other parts of the prostate add anything in terms of picking up extra clinically significant prostate cancer, they didn't add very much at all. And that's a current debate going on is because prostate cancer is often what's called multifocal. So whilst you might see one lesion on the MRI, there may be small amounts of prostate cancer in other parts of the prostate. The added value of taking all those extra samples was, was relatively little. We think we can use MRI to avoid biopsy in certain groups of men, and there's more work that's needed to try and understand who those men are and safely sort of identify them so we're not missing any significant cancers. Sam, thinking about how, you know, GPs currently request an MP MRI and that it, you know, may have benefits, how far down the track are we looking before this may become the gold standard pathway for men trying to diagnose prostate cancer? We think it could play a role in primary care because at the moment the tests we have available aren't great. So examining a man's prostate, aside from the willingness of some men to undergo that examination, it's kind of a flip of the coin. If you think you feel a tumour on an examination, it's a 50-50 chance they actually do have prostate cancer. So, so there's limitations there. Obviously, we've had the prostate-specific antigen or PSA blood test for a while now, and there are well-known limitations about that in terms of both false negatives and false positives. So we, we need something better. You know, and MRI is not the only option. There are other blood-based tests that are being investigated, but... If we can be clear on which men, if they had a negative MRI test, it would be safe to, to counsel the man and say, look, your chances of having a significant cancer are this amount. You know, we can never say with 100% certainty on any test that they don't have something like cancer. But if we can counsel the man and say your risk is this low, we would recommend you don't go for biopsy. What do you think? You know, I think we could get to that stage. So we need to know how to identify them. There are lots of other issues with implementing a new test like this, particularly one as expensive as MRI. So there's obviously availability of scanners. So you know, where are the GPs going to be able to send these patients? Are we going to have enough trained radiologists to report on the scans and radiographers to take the scans? And actually, there has been some cost-effectiveness analysis work based on the MRI trials recently, and they are looking at that, you know, the cost of extra scans and the, the low risk of missing a significant cancer versus the biopsies and the need for outpatient appointments saved. And, and there is some evidence to suggest that implementing an MRI-based pathway is, is cost effective. So I, think, I don't think we're there yet, but there, you know, the general trend of the evidence seems to be going in the right direction. And it, it, it's, I think it's possible one day GPs could be using this test a lot more. Okay. 
Where will you be taking your PhD now? What questions do you still have to answer? The main questions for my PhD is, is his MRI an acceptable test to men? So I'm currently interviewing men in the UK who've had an MRI scan for prostate and just sort of talking about their experience. I'm quite fortunate a lot of these men have also been through a biopsy, so they have a bit of comparison and and that's been quite interesting to explore. We've looked at the patient-centred outcomes related to diagnostic tests of prostate cancer and there's very limited evidence that compares MRI to the current standard test, but there's a little bit of evidence there. And then we're going to get into some health economic modelling to try and look at if MPMRI was rolled out for a low-risk population, which is what we see in primary care, because a lot of the studies so far have been conducted in hospital patients who, by definition, by being referred to a urologist, the GP's already worried about prostate cancer, so they're automatically at higher risk. So we're trying to model if you rolled that out in a low-risk population compared to some of the recent trials, would the the accuracy of the test in terms of pickup rate still hold true in a, in a different population. Wonderful. Well, good luck and thank you so much for coming in today. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for downloading Research Roundup produced by PC4. You can access the articles and other information in our show notes. Please let us know what you think about this episode by emailing us at info at pc4tg.com.au or keep in touch via Twitter where you'll find us at PC4TG. And there's also our website, which is pc4tg.com.au.